This is Dak Prescott, and you're listening to Faith on the Field Show. Welcome to Faith on the Field Show, presented by International Justice Mission. I'm Rob Motti with my beautiful wife, Remy. It is great to be with you on all of our radio affiliates, Fox Sports Las Vegas, ESPN Richmond, ESPN Charlotte, ESPN South Jersey, Angels Radio Los Angeles, The Game Orlando, Real Sports Atlanta, and 107.5 Alive. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Happy Easter. Happy Easter weekend to everyone. Happy Easter. We're hosting Easter, right? I'm excited. Yes. Is that Easter, what- Easter in Florida. We've had a lot of Easter's in Florida. Um, but we were like renting at the time or something like, mm-hmm. you know, we'd come here for vacation and whatnot, but we've never had Easter in our own home. So this is the first year and we're so excited. Just like, we're going to have like egg hunts and stuff. Yay. Our, our guest, the <laughs> egg hunts in the backyard. Yeah. I love it. And maybe alligators can. No, well, well, no, the keep, fence will probably keep, keep the eggs out, away hopefully. from yeah. the alligators. Yeah. Our guest this week is going to be Arizona Cardinals offensive lineman, Kelvin Beecham. Kelvin's been on the show before. And uh, he will be coming up shortly. Before we even get started talking about Easter, the significance of it, I want to just play, it's about a minute and a half of incredible, I would imagine this was an Easter sermon from Billy Graham. So here it is. Yes, Jesus Christ is alive. He rose from the dead in that day, that Easter Sunday morning, that first Easter, when Mary and Mary Magdalene and Salome went to the grave expecting to anoint a dead body. They saw the angel sitting there. And they said, where is Jesus? The angel said, he is not here, he is risen. I submit to you tonight that that's the greatest news the world has ever heard. He is not here. He has conquered the grave. He's alive. And ladies and gentlemen, I believe that there's more proof that Jesus Christ rose from the dead than almost any other fact in Roman history. I don't believe there's a fact in ancient history today so well proven as the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But even if there was no proof, no historical proof, no scientific proof, and there is, I would still believe it because I believe this book is God's inspired word and the whole early church went up and down the country preaching the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That was the thing that shook the Roman Empire. That a man had risen from the dead. That he was alive. That death could not hold him. Christ is alive. He's a living savior. Man, that gives me chills as I hear that. Christ is alive. He is a living Savior. And it, it's, it's, it resonates the way, uh, what, the way Billy preaches and the way he shared that message, the importance of it, the significance of it. Everything in our Christian faith is based on Jesus doing exactly what he said he would do, mm-hmm. that he, he died for our sins and then on the third day, he rose again. And it's the greatest holy day of the year, Easter Sunday. And I, I look at it as new life. It was new life for all of us. Jesus rising from the grave and doing exactly what he came to this earth for, to be our Lord and Savior. And, and I think 
it's an opportunity for everyone out there, whether you are new in your faith, whether you are spiritually mature, or someone who is still on the fence Mm -hmm. and maybe goes to church because your family has always done that, or it's a great place for your kids to be, or, or your wife is nagging you, or your husband's nagging you, if it's one way or the other, or whatever it may be, to examine. As Billy Graham said in that minute and a half there, there is more proof that Jesus was on this earth, that he died on that cross and rose again on the third day, than there is, he said, in any other fact in history. And it, it gives us a new life. It gives us hope and encouragement for whatever we, wherever we are in life and whatever we're feeling, thinking, doing, there is hope. That there is, that death is conquered and it has been conquered by Jesus. And it, it just allows me to sit there and think anytime I'm going through any frustrating moment that there is hope, that there is a way out, that there is a way to see uh, Sunday, that there, Sunday is it can be every day, that Easter Sunday. I absolutely love Easter. I Every time I think of Easter, I think of the greatest love story that mm-hmm. has ever been told. And there is no one like him. There is no one that's ever going to be like him. There's no one going to ever love like him. Because when you think of you loving someone, what would you sacrifice for the person you love? Yeah. I don't think there's anybody that's going to say, I'll do what Jesus did. No one will ever sign up for that. Like, I know you love people. People love you. But <laughs> no the, one will it's ever. It's the ultimate test, right? Yeah, we no can one. always say that. Hey, I'd lay down my life. For- right. But, but, but the, the way he did it, though, the way he did yeah. it was extra. Mm-hmm. He wasn't just be like, yeah, kill me. It's all good. It wasn't. It wasn't like that. It was. It was significant. Every part of it was significant. Every part of it showed that he is willing to die a million deaths for us. It wasn't one time. It was. Mm-hmm. It was just like it was epic in every single form of epic that there is because he just went. He will. He was betrayed by people that he loved. He mm-hmm. was questioned he was um doubted, doubted. Along the way. he was by people that Criticized. he loved by people that he taught by people that saw that he did miracles mm-hmm. he was doubted and that alone that disappointment kills you you know when you love someone and that i mean they've seen him do miracles yet they still doubted him to me that's like dying a million deaths because you just cannot handle the disappointment but he handled it and he wasn't irritated by them he wasn't mad at them he was he just knew he knew that he loved them so much and he's gonna do this because he's saving millions and millions and millions to come and he loved us so much that he died for us in such a horrific way and for like for that i am beyond grateful and i love easter i mean i feel like it's super downplayed from christmas like ridiculously downplayed there's no exchange of and, gifts um, and there's, yeah. there's not the same commercialization of it and i love it i absolutely love easter far more than christmas i mean i love christmas but easter to me is like it's like a spring of life like yeah. you're, you're you're just getting this like brand new life brand new hope brand new ideas and you, you you're just reconnected back with christ every single time and you're like wow you've you've done this for me 
just for me you've done this for me like when you think of it this way and not like if it's like this cute story that we read in a bible even though it's not that cute but when you read it for kids it's like it's cute when the easter eggs and blah 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 but it's 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 epic it's wow it's he did this for me he swallowed not for someone else i don't know for me swallowed up you know death. and for you yeah <laughs> it's so crazy to think about and it's so incredible to, all the details that happen in the story and all the de- all like the stories that that led to it were just so fascinating in every single way and he is so calculated and i love that i love the calculations that happened i love Everything that every detail had a purpose that mm-hmm. every encounter had a reason and it was just so incredible and i'm so thankful i'm thankful for you lord for doing that for me and for everyone and i just i pray that we are just so filled with gratitude on easter day and every day because we don't deserve this we like legit don't deserve any of it yet he did it for us he conquered and he conquered the grave for us so we don't have to live under a law under uh, rules and regulations that suffocate you every single day Mm -hmm. he gave you freedom the reason for easter is freedom the reason that you are not under the penalty of death every single day of your life but it is you're under freedom you're under heaven's freedom and under that grace and mercy of jesus and it is just so amazing in every single way and i love it and i marvel at it every single time there's so much peace in knowing that there's so much joy in knowing that what jesus did for us paying that price for all of us all of us and and there are those who who feel oh he he couldn't have done no he did it for everybody mm-hmm. it was for everybody he mm-hmm. he did that for everybody whether you believe or not he did it for everybody to conquer death no one can conquer death other than Jesus Christ right. it's not going to happen it can't happen and there are there are so there is so much in our lives that we need to defeat that we need to see die so we can grow that we need to put death to so we can resurrect ourselves, so we can resurrect our future, so we can resurrect our hope. And when I think of Easter Sunday and Jesus doing this as the ultimate death to life, I think about all of the opportunities that we have to start anew, to start fresh, to start again, because this signifies to me that it can be done. We can all do it through him through our faith, through our belief, seeing Jesus do it, we can also do it again. Up next, you're going to hear from Kelvin Beecham. You're listening to Faith on a Field Show, presented by International Justice Mission. Today, over 40 million people are being forced into trafficking and slavery. One in four are children. We cannot allow them to suffer in silence. We need you. We need everybody. Go to IJM.org backslash take action. Get information. Understand how you can be involved. Because of the work that you are committing to do, they will be free. This is Derek Henry, and you listen to Faith on the Field Show. To Faith on the Field Show presented by International Justice Mission. I'm Rob Motti with Remy. If you're listening to us for the first time, you can go to faithonafieldshow.com and find every episode since we launched in 2017. We've had an awesome lineup of guests, so you can listen anytime at your convenience on any of the podcast platforms 
You'll hear full interviews on there. Be sure also to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Faith on the Field and tell a friend or a bunch about the show if you would. I want to take a minute to thank our awesome sponsors. Please check them out on our website, International Justice Mission Heritage's Dairy Stores. If you would like to be a sponsor for our show and help our ministry grow, please reach out to us at team at faithonthefieldshow.com. We have various packages that we can cater specifically to fill your needs. Our goal is to be on a sports radio station in every state. If you don't have a business to advertise on, but you would like to help the ministry, we do have a donate button on our page on faithonthefieldshow.com. Our guest this week, Kelvin Beecham, is a 10-year veteran offensive lineman who has excelled on and off the football field. He's going into his third season with the Arizona Cardinals. He's a two-time Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. He's a guy who's always involved in giving back to the community. Here's my conversation with Kelvin Beecham. Well, Kelvin, thank you for joining me on the AP Pro Football Podcast. Tell me a little bit about the Inspire Change and the NFL partnership with the Drafting Mentors for the Future. Uh, I saw that you were participating in that uh, last week, and and it seemed like a a really great event. Yeah, I think it was an opportunity for many people to understand kind of what it means to actually be a mentor. Uh, Some of the platforms that are out there already, uh, mentor.org, Boys and Girls Club, which Boys and Girls Club has been around for a number of decades and have impacted uh, so many people across the, the country. Um, so it was an opportunity to, to be able to just have a conversation and be able to have dialogue around what it means to be a mentor um, and be a mentee and a mentor. So being able to understand kind of both sides uh, of the equation. So, um, you know, within the Inspire Change program and the initiatives that the NFL has been doing uh, regarding um producing the change that we want to see in the world. Um, mentoring is, is an aspect of that and, and, and was, was honored to be on the panel uh, with some esteemed individuals. From a mentee perspective, being vulnerable, I think is important, right? Letting the mentor know what's going on in your life, what you're seeking help with or, or how they can guide you. Um, h- how would you stress that to the younger players as they're seeking mentors to be vulnerable with people let them know exactly what you what, what's going on in your life yeah I think you just have to be willing to be humble enough to just say I don't know or this is something I'm struggling with or um, I need help in this particular area of my career this area of my game uh, this area of finance this area of relationships this area from uh, a mental capacity. I need help in this arena. And I think you have to be willing to be humble enough to say that you really, you don't know. You don't know how to navigate these particular circumstances. Hey, you just came into the league. These are circumstances I've never had. Hey, I just had my first child. I just had my first contract. What are the dynamics that I'm about to go through? Hey, I'm on the back end of my career. Can I get ready to transition? What does that, what does that now look like? And I think the, the willingness to, to want to be humble and the willingness to go out of your way to be uncomfortable, to ask some of those questions, because this is, this is an alpha dog sport. Everybody's an alpha dog, you know, uh, in some shape, form or fashion. So to be able to kind of let that that guard down and be able to have just a real conversation um, and find out what it is that you really need to be successful, um, not only on the field, but also in life. Now, Kelvin, you've played for different teams in the NFL, so you've moved around a little bit. Does that make it harder or, or is there a ch- more challenging to be able to fill that role because you could be here for two years and then you're moving on? Or do you maintain those relationships via text, via Zoom, via email, however, with some of those players? I think the relationships are everything. And I think that goes a lot further than just playing on one team. Um, And I can point to to all the guys uh, along the the journey that I've been on, whether it be Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, 
New York or here in Arizona, where the relationships have stood the test of time. Um, I think about my, my relationship with Ramon Foster and, and, and Max Starks and uh, Willie Colon and, and Marquise Pouncey. Those are guys that 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 you know poured into me as a young player. Um, James Harrison and, and, and Brett Kiesel. Those relationships are, are still fortify where they are today. Jeremy Parnell there in Jacksonville, Patrick Omame, me and my wife were just talking about what, if we we're going to go to dinner with them, you know, this coming up weekend. So those relationships continue to, to mature um, and continue to grow uh, over time because, you know, at the, at the end of the day, and I say this all the time, it's about being able to do life with individuals. And if you're able to do life with individuals, those relationships transcend football. Uh, they transcend, you know, kind of the community events that you do after school, uh, after, uh, after practice. Um, but it, it, it really integrates in, into your life, your family's life, your, your kid's life. And it becomes just who you are and, and, and who they are within your life and who you are within their life as you all continue to grow um, and continue to develop as a family. Kelvin, why is education a key pillar of Inspire Change? You know, when you think about education and, and why, is it so, why is it so important to, to inspire change, because there's, there's something about knowledge that really transcends um, any kind of the, 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 the short-term gains that you may have within society. And I think with education and with the knowledge that comes with education, you have the ability to literally change somebody's career trajectory. Um, and I think what Inspire Change has been able to do as it pertains to education and as it pertains to, again, wrapping those services around um, all things education is just giving our young people an opportunity to see the career paths that are out there. Um, and it's, it's, it's more than just, hey, I need to get a, a high school diploma. Hey, I need to get a college degree. But what are those pathways that get you to, to being able to have a career that then changes uh, the generational uh, wealth for so many people and especially so many people of color? As you mentioned, community events that you do, I know that you're someone who's obviously very active with community work, with your foundation. And we've talked about this in the past, but what are you planning on in this year, 2022? What are some of the goals uh, from your perspective of your foundation and what you're trying to accomplish? Yeah, I would say here in Arizona is, you know, I said this word earlier, but it's following up. You know, we were, I was able to, to donate uh, about 40 plus laptops to a local school in South Phoenix here in, uh, in the Roosevelt District uh, in, in, in Phoenix and looking forward to going back and seeing how that computer lab is doing and how those resources are doing. Um, and then it's really just starting to, to surround uh, some of the schools that are at, are at risk. Uh, with some of the services that I know about, some of the resources that I know about. You know, at every stop that I've, 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 I've played at, I've always tried to get a lay of the land first and then be able to dive deep and dive in deep in a couple of different areas. Um, so the, the things that I do around hunger, still going to continue to do those. So looking forward to volunteering at the United uh, Food Bank uh, here in town. I'm looking forward to continue to collaborate with some of the brands here that are doing work in that particular arena and then continuing to, to, to um integrate and, 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 and wrap those services around people who are doing deep work within science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. Uh, so STEAM and looking forward to continuing to, to make sure that all the resources that I have at my fingertips, trying to make sure that those are pushed into the community here uh, to be able to make an impact at the end of the day. How do you think a young player can determine when is the right time to start their own foundation and, and maybe pursue that one area where they're going to focus their charitable work on. And how do you determine that as a young player? You know, the thing is, is as a young player, I threw everything at the wall. I did everything. I went to, you know, coat drives. I went to can drives. I went to um, shopping sprees. I went to uh, the children's hospital. Uh, I went to homeless shelters. I went to, to um, 
uh, women's shelters. I, I did it. I did it all. And I think you have to, as a young player, get a lay of the land and see everything that's out there and see all the good things that are happening out there. And then you find a way to scale it back to fit exactly what it is that you want to do uh, with your career. So I, I really encourage young, uh, young players, um, young professionals of any type to take the time to get a lay of the land and kind of, um, I, hate, I hate to use this word, but kind of spray and pray, like just be able to kind of do a lot. And then as you realize everything that you're doing, how do you now simplify it and how do you bring some focus to it? And I think that took some time. It took me about, I would say, you know, two or three years before I got to that point where I could say, hey, this is where I want to focus at. And for me, it was hunger first. And then uh, the, the concept around steam kind of came you know, late 2015, 2016. So um, it wasn't this, you know, hey, I, I saw this, I experienced this, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I think it it, it was this evolution of, of seeing things, being exposed to things, seeing what the young people wanted to see in their lives, and then really kind of honing in and focusing there. Kevin, I want to ask you a little bit about the team and the offseason and, and how the Cardinals uh, finished up last year, uh, ha- had some success, obviously, getting into the uh, the postseason there was some, right, I guess it was Super Bowl Sunday, or there was some talk about Kyler and, and his future and, and what's transpiring there. Do you see, Is he someone that maybe you've mentored, that you've talked to? There's been some question about uh, maybe he needs a little bit more maturity. Maybe he needs uh, some more guidance. Is he someone that you've sought out as an offensive lineman, or, or do you uh, have other players on your team that are, you know, that you mentor? I, I will say this, it's all about the relationship. And I said this earlier. And for me, I'm all I'm, I'm a relationship type of guy. Like I, I work on building a relationship first before we get into what you like, don't like, what you want to see and what you don't like to see. Uh, I've been here for two years and it's been uh, this process of seeing him mature and this process of maturation. And he's completely, I wouldn't say he's done a 180, but you can see the, the, the traction and the progress that he's made since 2020 up until now, which is, you know, 2022. And I can say that there is a difference and how he thinks, how he moves, how he operates, how he manages expectations. Um, and I just think those things are continuing to evolve as he realizes what he needs to do and what he has to do, um, you know, as a franchise quarterback. And I think those expectations are being managed on both sides of the equation. Um, the business is the business. You know, that's not my business, what happens there. But I can say uh, from personal experience, that I can tell that he's doing the things that are necessary for him to be the franchise quarterback that we all know he can be. It's difficult for a franchise quarterback, right, to come in at a young age and be expected to command the locker room, uh, be a leader for not just the offense, not just for the guys in the huddle, but everybody on the team. Uh, you got to be a leader for the defense. You got to be a leader for the special teams. Everyone's looking at you. There's contract situations. There's all of that. Um, how, how, just how tough is that for young guys, especially high-profile first-round picks? Yeah, I think it is difficult, but that's also what's – demanded of that position at this point. This is a quarterback driven league. That's just what it is right now. Um, you're giving the keys to to the whole, whole battleship. The minute you walk in the door, you sign a piece of paper. Um, and I think that's what quarterbacks have been um, given. That's where we're at in the, in the stage of, of the national football league. Uh, and that comes with the territory. Um, that's not a, a, that's not something that we can pull off the table for any quarterback. Uh, the, 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 the obligation and the responsibility that comes with being that franchise player um, uh, for, you know, some of these organizations. Um, but it is difficult. I'm not going to lie and say it's not, but I think those who manage those expectations the best are the ones who continue to thrive. And I would say that Kyler is in that trajectory of being able to thrive with the expectations that have been set on. 
going back to mentors uh, as a man of faith, spiritual mentors are pretty important, have been in my life. How have you been helped along in that path through your journey with spiritual mentors? Yeah, I think it's it's been the driving force for me to to be able to to have the fortitude to to play this game. To be honest with you, um, you know, I have my father, my grandfather. You know, they're in high school and still I consider them mentors and people I look up to. Um, college, I had you know uh, Pastor Joe Martin and, and, and Chris Lowe, uh, who are mentors there in in, uh, in college. And as I've gotten to the National Football League, I have pastors um, where I went and attended. You know, in, in Pittsburgh, um, in Jacksonville, in New York. Uh, and just friends that are in the faith that have been so important and instrumental uh, into, into pouring into me. Uh, I would say the hardest thing is actually losing a mentor, uh, which I lost, you know, one of my mentors, uh, Pastor Lauren Mann there in Pittsburgh last year, uh, which was, you know, it was devastating. Uh, even going to uh, his church uh, two weekends ago while I was in Pittsburgh, it was hard walking into a church where your mentor, uh, you know, fed you for, for four years. And I, you know, I attended this church for four years. And even during the week, during the, during the week, he would sit down and we would we'd be able to have some Bible study and, and spend time with one another. Uh, he knew me before I had kids. Um, he knew me before I was married. So it, it's one of those things, man, when you, when you have somebody like that, that has affected your life uh, in a mighty way to, to lose them. Um, I think that's one of the hard aspects of, of mentorship that's not talked about. So, you know, it's, it's, it's been a great experience to have those type of mentors that pour into your life spiritually, um, that hold you up spiritually, that pray for you spiritually, um, that means so much to you. Um, and it's something that you can never, never put a price tag on. Kelvin, thank you, man. I, I appreciate the conversation and uh, uh, look forward to seeing you continue to do great things in all the work that you're doing on and off the field. Yes, sir. Anytime. That's it for this week. Thank you to Kelvin Beecham. Thank you to Doug, Pastor Scott, and everyone on our Faith on a Field Show team. And thank you for listening to Faith on a Field Show presented by International Justice Mission. Hope everyone out there has a happy Easter. For Remy, I'm Rob Motti reminding you, make a difference. Be a blessing. Today, over 40 million people are being forced into trafficking and slavery. One in four are children. We cannot allow them to suffer in silence. We need you. We need everybody. Go to IJM.org backslash take action. Get information. Understand how you can be involved. Because of the work that you are committing to do, they will be free.